This is your anime DJs with the weekly rundown 51. Let's get it. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I'm here with both my co-hosts this week, thankfully. Uh, Tyler, how are you, man? Uh, doing wonderful, bro. It's The snow's finally going away over here. It's warming up. It's supposed to be like in the high 60s this week when we was in the like, single digits uh, uh, this, this last week. So I'm probably going to be you. sick again soon. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was 15 <laughs> degrees here last night. No snow. No. It's the Tragic. true south. What about we're you, Dan? I'm good. We're getting some snow tomorrow, so that'll be pretty cool. And I'm going to see Gurren Lagann, the second movie tomorrow, so I'm fucking hyped. He's spinning oh, tomorrow- back. It's tomorrow Wednesday? Tomorrow's Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm surprised, Tyler, you didn't say anything about me saying the true South. You just kind of took that one on the chin. <laughs> 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 the true South is Texas, y'all. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Texas That's what is they Texas. Say. <laughs> Somebody, we're going to get hate mail now. <laughs> we have no problems with Texas, but um, you guys keep doing your own thing. Yes, just keep making them beef ribs. But anyway, guys, the best way to support us is to rate the podcast. Tell your friends about it and uh, always feel free to drop us any topics or questions that you want us to cover on the latest episodes of any of our rundown shows. Always with the Discord. Always with Twitter. We are most active on there, so hit us up, man. So, in this rendition of your weekly rundown, for, we have four shows for you. First is going to be Undead Unluck, uh, episode 15. Freerun, episode 19. Bashel, season 2, episode 3. And then lastly, as always, One Piece, 1091. So, boys. You ready? Let's do it. Let's get it done. So we're going to start with Undead Unlock episode 15 called Under. I don't know what Der is, but you know I'm, I'm curious to see what Under is because we have Unlock, Undead, Unmove. I'm just kidding. Uh, Fuko and Andy finally get an answer from Shikara, but first we get some information about who Rip works for and what their goals are. In the end, will Fuko and Andy join them? Ooh. Big spicy. Nah, mm. ain't happening. <laughs> so the episode opens up with a shot of Juiz or Unjustice, the leader of the union, in a white space telling Victor, we can do it, while looking at a black door. I don't think it it's was a, door. a door. It's that was wall. That with, it's the wall with all the um Oh yeah, it was. Those it was a quick, things. it was a quick little flash there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they showed they showed how it, they all had orbs or something in them, and then the bottom two didn't. Okay, spicy. I did not notice that. It just looked like a door with rivets on on it to me. To hmm. be honest, no, I was very confused about this scene. So, 
Yeah, I was kind of confused why she was saying Victor in this scenario because Victor's just Andy's alter ego. Or is and, it? I mean, unless unless Andy is a like conduit for God, I I don't I don't know. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I, I'm starting to think Victor's like the main personality, just from what Joey said. Because like, why would she be talking about Victor? But, like, she ain't that old. I don't know. I, I don't know, dog. We don't know how recently Andy started putting that card in his head. I mean, Andy was talking about his fucking war buddies from World War One and Two, <laughs> And Juiz don't look like she's fucking, like, 90 years old. <laughs> I'm not sure what to tell you, um, but she knows Victor somehow. We know that much. But is it possible that they're all working for Victor on the low? Because they just fought him. I'm like so confused. Yeah. Plot points, plot holes. I mean, another thing, they got the anti-aging shit. uh, So why can't they have like an anti-like, like dying or something like that going on? That'd be a really lame plot point, especially since Andy's ability is undead. So if everybody was undead, that would be really fucking lame. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say something here because I'm salty. When I said the anti-aging, both of you, episodes ago, both of you were like, now that was just, uh, what's her name? And then Tyler <laughs> just got a pass for it here. Stand, stand on your business, Dan, what the fuck? I mean, I thought it was just for uh, unchange. Because her ability is unchanged, so I thought okay. she was just staying the same forever. I am. I was just just making sure. All right, all right, dude. I barely remember what I had for breakfast this morning. You're bringing <laughs> stuff up from weeks ago. Like, Hell give me a yeah. break here. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't remember it either, Dan. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's coming back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doctor Nico's cooking. Bass was probably right. Okay. I don't know what's okay. going on. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm not sure what she's talking about here. I mean, if she knows Victor, like she's old as dirt, and but she's pretty good looking, so like I am distraught. I am yeah. emotionally confused. It could be the anti-agent thing. It definitely could be. But after that whole scene, we go back to Fuko and Andy outside the school, and none other than Kid Rip is what I'm going to call him, is there. And this is when he walks in the end of last episode and he states that dying isn't necessarily the end. And he's in the body of a child. So that's bizarre as fuck. Yes. And bit. he's also being very, very friendly to Andy and Fuko. And he gives her a gift and he just pulls a blicky out and tosses it to her and she just sees the fucking end times. So, like, what the fuck is going on in this show, dude? Like, I'm, I'm, we had our, like, one week break, and then it just went off the rails, and I, I don't know the plot anymore. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I could think Rip was being nice to them because he realized what kind of people they are. Because he did say a c- couple episodes ago that he didn't think people like them existed. That's about all I got for you. I think I think I think he's scared. Truly, I think that he's like I don't want to mess with them again because they. Uh, he literally says that he died. Um, he was shot through the heart with the uh, with uh, Andy's technique and died. That's why Foucault and them's uh, uh, the 
power came off, the technique came off of them or whatever. So I think he's scared of them. He's trying to like say, "Hey, you know, we're cool. Don't don't bother me no more." So, I mean, that is true. Like he's in a kid body, uh, and these people just killed him. So like he's probably like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna cause any problems today." But we're skipping the biggest what the fuck part. And why the hell is he in a kid body? Like, if he died, his ability should have shifted to somebody else who doesn't look exactly like him and have memories of his past. So, like, what the fuck is this other group doing? Like, do they have, like, some Germa 66 shit going where they just got a million rip bodies and they're just, like, transferring souls? Like, I, I have no fucking clue, guys. Did y'all realize? Did y'all, did y'all see that his legs was uh, robotic? Those were just the boots. That's his that artifact wearing. that he was wearing. Yeah, that's his time. artifact. They went higher on his leg because he's smaller. Oh, okay. So when when I seen it, it looked like his whole, oh, you know, all you could see of his legs was like it looked like robot legs. So, um, well, that's that's what happens when you put a child in grown ass man boots that went up to his knee to start. <laughs> okay. Okay. That yeah, makes more yeah. sense. Uh, I mean, only thing I could possibly think about why he's in a kid body is like. There's some kind of negator or something out there. Maybe untime. I don't know. But he also said that like he would be back to normal soon. So like it's but his body's growing. So maybe it just took him to a point in time and then he just went forward from there. Because he's still got the bandaged eye. His nose still bleeds. I don't know what's going on with his body as far as that goes. But there's something. Something up. Oh, we could have a time machine. Or like a time reversal ability. Yes. Untime. Yes. Hmm. But if you're dead, shouldn't your ability have transferred at that point to somebody else? Like, that's what I no, don't get. I was talking about somebody. They have a negator that is on time, and they just rewound time. So maybe maybe sense. it takes so long for that, uh, that to take effect, like the transferring of uh, skills or whatever. You know what I mean? Maybe that takes a little bit of time. Gotcha. So it's not instantaneous. I don't know. This this show has just know. gone off the fucking rails. Yeah, they're gonna have to tell us. It's getting deep, boys. But let's get back to the blicky. I think that's a good spot spot to jump right into. So <laughs> Rip threw a gun to Fuko, and the minute she caught it, she just full on saw like the end times. Like buildings weren't just crumbling; they were like melting. And then we got this like terrifying figure of a, a dark being the size of buildings who was called God. And Rip also revealed that the organization he works for is called the Under. And their, their goal is to rule over the Earth before God comes. And I thought this was really interesting because it's the polar opposite of the Union's goal. The Union wants to save the world and they just want to have a good time. So like, I kind of get the unders like viewpoint on this. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, like not everyone's gonna try to go up against God, you know. Some just want to, you know, take like they said, take over. But I, I'm with Andy and Fuko. Like they said, well, that's gonna be a short lived, uh, short lived reign, you know. As I mean, they ain't got very much longer if they get rid of the union. So. Yeah, I mean, that that's very true. I don't really know what their plan is, uh, but I will say God's a little taller than what I thought, for sure. Yeah, and a little <laughs> shadowier, 
Yeah, a lot more shadowy than what I was expecting. Um, I'm, used, I'm used to white robes and a big beard. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But, they, I mean, Rip also said, like, that the world be, would become fair to Negators in three months. So I'm really wondering what they have planned. Um, if that's, like, the before the end times. I, I just am really unsure about, like, what's going to happen. And I, and I really feel like he's playing the long game to get Andy and or Foucault on, on his side. Because when we see, for some reason, Juiz is talking to the round table and then Rip shows up being super nice, whether he's afraid or not being super nice and kind of gives them insight into the rest of the world. He's being very honest with them, uh, it seems. So I, I think there's going to be some play there at some point. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm definitely interested to see how it plays out. I just want a little more background knowledge on how the fuck Rip is back in the body of a prepubescent teen. <laughs> like I need to know. Like I'm I'm kind of annoyed that he's back. Like he should have been dead. He should have. Yes, yes. But I mean, we're gonna find out eventually. Just gotta be patient. You know, I honestly don't think we're gonna find out uh, within the next few episodes. I think they're. No. It'll make us think on this one, I think. So, Yeah, I'm curious. But after that, a train goes by, Rip goes bye-bye, disappears, and Chikara shows up right when they're talking about how they're going to kill God. <laughs> and he's like, yo, hold up, wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on here? And just starts running away. And Fuka starts chasing him. He uses Unmoved to stop Fuko, but he realizes that Andy is no longer in the, his, his view and is behind him, grabbing right around him. And he's like, hey, I know your ability now. You're not going to fucking get me with that shit. I'm too smart. I'm too good for this. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's a little oh. nuts because like, if he's in your vision, wouldn't you have seen him move? I mean, I'd be focusing on Fuko. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> oh, okay, Dan. Jesus ah! <laughs> Distraction I, time, baby. <laughs> but so after that, they head into the school to have a conversation with uh, Chikara. And I was kind of surprised by this. Fuka was very excited to go into a school. So, like, I'm sitting there thinking that did she not like did she just live in as a shut in because of her ability and she didn't want to potentially danger anyone. So she never lived a normal life. She never went to a school. She never did any of that. And that kind of blew my mind because I thought she was just very cautious. Like, I didn't realize she was like. Shut alone, in a house alone. Yeah. Yeah. Alone, like alone, alone, alone yeah. shut in a house like she had no friends. All she did was read her manga. Tyler, we don't need a monologue on it. <laughs> um but it seemed like she was also like fangirling over the main character from her manga and and props to fuko if she taught herself how to read because that's incredible well I, I, I don't know when i don't know when this actually like hit uh her I, i'm pretty sure it was like um early kid but i think it was after those years you know what i mean where you learn how I thought to read she was five stuff, so. just like tatiana well, you should the, know someone how to read by then, right? Enough like to get by. And boy. <laughs> nah. I played Pokemon, dude. I was fluent. I could read Flamethrower at like four years old. <laughs> the little Gus, the, the little uh, Gus Worm uh, books or whatever, the Caterpillar books. Dude, I deadass taught myself how to read playing Pokemon. That's Yeah, I'm the same way. 
So flamethrower, gust. Ask me to say cat. No, I don't got you. But earthquake, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> but after Fuko's little fangirl sesh of being in the school and like imagining herself as the main character of her favorite manga, uh, Chikuro reveals that he has two missions in life: to live for his parents and to atone. And then he tells them that he's going to tell them a bleak story. And it turns out that Homie and Fuko have a very similar past. Uh, it turns out that Chikuro was walking with his family after going to the store. And while walking across the street, he turned around and looked at his parents. And Unmove activated for the first time. And his parents were stuck in the street. And a truck driver fell asleep. And absolutely fucking isekai'd the shit out of these two. Like they are in another world now. Like they're gone. Oh Truck dude came in hot. I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is wild because not only does he have a history of killing his parents, Fuko killed her parents, and Tatiana killed hers. That's three. That's three backstories where they've killed parents. Yes, in 15 episodes, mind you. <laughs> this I, is I like Demon Slayer, bro. Everybody <laughs> killed their parents, dude. It's a wrap. The union is a bunch of parent killers. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's, it feels a little played out to me at this point. Like, I, I didn't feel anything this time. No, I, I actually laughed. So <laughs> see, see, they, they, they've done too much. They went I was too like, far. no way. I was like, no way. We're seeing this again, bro. Well, like the minute you saw them stopping a crosswalk, you're like, oh, it's a wrap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going oh. to another world, folks. See, but the problem is, I already knew he killed his parents when he said, y'all want to hear a sad story. Uh, yeah. I was like, of course. Like, yeah, it wasn't random people. It wasn't his friends. I know it was his parents. That's all they got. That's all I they mean, got. Like, they could have changed it up a little bit, and like maybe he killed his younger sister. That's or, what I'm saying. I, like, you know, it's a little, it's a little different. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock him for too lazy a writing. Parasite is played out. Yeah, yeah, definitely unfortunate. So. So after this, uh, Chikura's friend walks in while they're having this discussion and Chikura decided to join the union. And this 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 really hurt me like this was actually probably the saddest part of the episode. Um, he's talking They're in the back of the car. His friend is chasing him down and he tells Andy that he wants the memory erase tool, I guess, to be used. And the fact that they can just fucking erase somebody's existence like that. What the f the union is way more powerful than I thought they were. Like I thought they were just kind of like a ragtag team with a lot of money, like kind of like a bunch of Batmans, you know? <laughs> like they're just pulling fucking battleships and satellites and shit out. I didn't think they had the ability to erase everybody's memory. Like that is in on nuts. that scale. Like that's not Men in Black. Like that's like type a few keys in a computer and you're wiping hundreds of people's memory. Like that shit's insane. He's, they get, they've got access to everybody's memories, which is alone nuts and also creepy. Um, but that's why I think that having anti-time or anti-aging technology is not out of the question here. If they can just no. press a button on a computer screen and erase people's memories, they can do anything. Except for yeah. kill God. This is, this, is, this is fucking like 
NSA Patriot Act shit on like steroids. Like, hey, we're watching you and we know everything you're thinking. That's fucking it's terrifying. Lot. It's a lot. I also, I also don't understand like why they had to relate, uh, erase his whole existence. Why not just like erase that, um, that moment of where he walked into the classroom, you know, um, because now he don't really have a way to go back unless they can reverse that. Right. So, well, I mean, yeah, the, the whole point was nobody comes looking for him and that makes it safe for everybody. So no one's asking where Chikara went. They can just alter their memories somehow, surely. I mean, maybe they can take it and give it. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I didn't see that in Men in Black. I don't <laughs> think they're giving memories back in Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, we get a scene with Juiz again saying that the Foucault and Andy succeeded in persuading the 11th member of the round table to join. We got some crazy ass spinning montage with everybody and homie. This whole squad is just fired up to kill God right now. Yes, sir. And the episode ends with Chikara and Fuko are going to enter a special training regimen per the request. So going to get a little training arc, maybe like an ep- hopefully just an episode. This has been moving really quick. I mean, fuck, we went from dead dude to dude in a child's body in like an episode. So hopefully this isn't a long training arc, but hopefully it's fruitful. Yes, yes. We want to see some uh, some buff powers out of those two. That'd be very fun. Well, you boys ready for some Freerun? Yes, sir. All right, then. So we got Freerun episode 19, Well-Laid Plans. So group two, Freerun's group has come up with a master plan for catching a steel bird. Despite its unnatural strength, unfortunately, this plan draws in the other groups who are willing to win at just about any cost. So... To, we jump back into this anime with Freerin thinking about when Aisen and Himmel were afraid to fight a dragon. So it's the night before, and Himmel's thinking about giving a great speech, and he notices Aisen is shaking. And he's like, are you scared? He's like, yeah. And Himmel's like, taking it back. He's like, I wasn't expecting that. I'm scared too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then Heiser says something really cool. Well, him was like, I was going to give a motion, motivational speech, but Heitcher's like, you know, man, just just be yourself. Every party is different. And I thought that was really good advice for like just general leadership. You have to be yourself first. Got to be confident. You got to, you know, if people can really tell if you're not being yourself in a room. Oh, definitely. But what if myself is giving that motivational speech? Like, what if that's my shtick, you know? Then, then you should do it. You, you be Hell yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you as a leader, the... you gotta you gotta know what your team needs, you know. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm pulling the miracle speech, pulling a little Herb Brooks action. We're getting people fired up to fight the Soviets. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's trying to have people ready to run through a brick wall. That's um that's the name it, of the game, dude. Yes, yes. <laughs> Oftentimes it is. But yeah, Ison Ison and Himmel here, I think we're able to calm each other down. It's like okay, like He's scared too. We're going to be all right. We'll be all right. Yeah. I really like this scene because it was a great callback to when Stark was shaking scared. And he literally had said, like, Eisen said, this is natural. Like, it's part of getting ready for a battle. And I was like, we're getting the flashback. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, I um, mean, being scared is what keeps you alive. Exactly. Yes. And uh, as far as that goes, yeah, I always get nervous before I talk to like large groups of people. But <laughs> I, you tell yourself it's normal and you go and do your thing. But uh, next, guys, we learn that Fern's, uh, Fern's group, Party 4, has already called a steal. And that Ubel was ready for the hard part. Excited for it, even, some may say. <laughs> Fighting and possibly even killing other mages. That sneaky murderer. But I want to ask you guys, like, were you surprised that, that uh, Fern's group had already caught a steal in Freer and Hatton? I wasn't surprised because... Unlike Fern's group, um, Fern's group, they seemed more calm and collected and ready to, you know, catch, uh, do what it takes to catch uh, still. Whereas Fern's group was just two, basically Fern babysitting two kids fighting each other and not listening to her. So, yes, yes. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, Fern didn't have to deal with two ditzes. She had a stone-cold killer. And a dude who we haven't seen a lot of, but he seems very calm, collected, and logical. Yes, I yes, wasn't yes, surprised yes. at all. Yeah, me either. Um, I, I think Fern got a bad draw. But they're, they're proven to be decent, somewhat useful at times. But yeah, I, I thought it was really cool that they had already gotten one. Uh, they had gotten onto the fighting portion. Of the, of the test. So, as group two is like rehashing what they've learned about the steals, Fern tells the others about kind of like the binding spell <laughs> that she used on like the big bird monster and tells them it only works within 50 centimeters, which is not a very far distance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not, not at all. Um, so, but from there, they try to formulate a plan. And while they're doing so, the kind of the beginning of it, they're freezing over a lake. Did you guys have any idea what they might be trying to do? No, I, like the end I goal figured it out point. along the way. Like I didn't figure it out at first. You know, um, like I said last week, I thought they was gonna like. I thought I thought everyone was gonna like capture inside of a spear, like a seal, or something right. like uh, cast a seal on it. And I guess I was wrong on that part. Uh, uh, she, I mean, it, she just wanted to bind it or whatever, but she has to be within fifty centimeters to do it. So uh, that was wild. Yes, yeah. I, 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 I uh, kind of figured it out when they were running from like the little ponds and things like that. I was like, okay, it's 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 a make them congregate kind of thing. Yeah. Once we saw, uh, is it Kane or Khan? Kane, uh, Kane, and Lawin. Yeah. Yeah. Once we saw Connie and like. Mana, mana rising. I'm just a new word. I'm making it up. Uh, like all the other bodies of water, I was like, oh, they're making them go to one. But I didn't think that Freerin was going to basically suppress her mana to the point that she wasn't detectable by the bird and just pretend to be a tree. You know, that's what she did. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I knew they were trying to make them go to like one body of water, but I didn't know what the plan was going to be when they got them there. Um, I didn't know if it was just going to be a full ambush and catch one while it's flying away. So right cool. before, huh? That would have been cool. It would have been. It would have been. But I think what we got was still pretty awesome. But uh, going back a little bit, um, party eight uh, ends up ambushing friends party. 
and the b- battle gets interrupted by the freezing of the lake. And then immediately we get to meet Dinkin. He's the second class mage in Party 13, who's kind of just watching everything unfold. And he kind of figures, like, you know what, they're freezing the entire lake and drawing everybody here. They probably have a plan. Like, they, they seems like they have something to do right now. Um, but for, before we get a little bit more into the whole group, like, where were y'all's impressions of Dinkin, like, as we're going through the episode? Because I, th- I, I feel like he was, he was shot in a little bit. Yeah, I think I think he's like um uh he thinks he's really smart and that he uh thinks that he's better than everyone else because of that is the general ideal I get uh from him. I mean, he was spitting facts. <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> wrong. He wasn't wrong. I don't think he thinks he's smart. I think he is smart. Like I think he knows that he is hot shit when it comes to the the brain capacity side of things. And I also thought it was really interesting that he's like, you know, to be the most, you know, to be a first class mage, you don't have to be the strongest. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was he was talking about how it's better to be able to get along with people and inspire people than to be strong. You're a symbol. Yes. Be a symbol. Some all might shit. Oh, you beat me to it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I... While watching this, I looked at the names of of uh, Party Thirteen, and Dinkin actually means think in German. Mm, so, yeah, it's very fitting. All of the this group's names are very fitting. Uh, Laufen means run. Mister Miss uh, Flash Step. Flash Step. Yes, Miss Flash Step, and and Richter <laughs> means judge because he was a little judgy. So I thought it was pretty cool that they threw that in there. Okay. Um. So kind of next, uh, Richter kind of determines that the test is being held at that specific location kind of due to the the Geisen, um, which I thought was pretty cool that they trick people by, like, baiting them. And Dinkin says, like, you know, doing something like this is a little outdated and then kind of getting back to what Dan said. It's like, you can't just rule by power. And I thought that was actually a, a pretty cool um, kind of and also true to real life here. You know, you see nations or people that try to rule by fear. Things topple over, I think, at the, um, eventually anyway. Yeah, they don't have to respect, you know. Like, they can they can rule them, but they don't respect them. Exactly. Because all it takes is, like, a few people standing up and everybody else isn't going to be so afraid anymore. Yep. Um, so, kind of towards getting through the group's two plan, it's kind of, like, revealed that they um, they're hurting the steel to one location but when fern kind of goes to trap it lawfen immediately shows up and we're getting ready for a good little good little boxing match i believe who do you guys think wins the fight between these two groups i think fern can body every single mage here with the snap of her fingers Uh uh-huh because like people look at her and she's suppressing the fuck out of her mana and they're like damn that is the mana of an old wise ass mage and it's like very condensed, and we've seen her unleash her full power against um, Aura, Aura the Demon General, and it's right. like, ain't nobody fucking with that. She took down a five hundred or a thousand year old demon with like convincing her to kill herself. Like this, it's a wrap, dude. Freeman took down the fucking Demon King. Like these are a bunch of scrubs compared to her. I mean, that's true. I think it, like a one v anything in this situation, but oh, I, she's still got to take care of Kane and Lawen. 
Oh, I think she can body everybody. Is a wrap. Okay, you know, with them two, them two idiots getting in the way. I think they're stronger than we think. There's some water there, so Kane has got some attacks, and <laughs> that combo is filthy. I mean, imagine just like her spraying people with water, and then just them getting flash freezed. That's true. That is some tag team shit right there, and then Freeman's just up there raining holy hell of fucking <laughs> lightnings. <laughs> also, the fact that. Um... Kane can only use her magic around water. I thought that was so shitty. It's like you're a mage. Like do do something else. <laughs> why, why do you have like the crappiest magic? What's going on? She's got like that Katara vibe from Avatar, where she's got a little bundle of water. She's like, oh, watch this shit. Ooh, like spawn it out. <laughs> Better hope that shit didn't evaporate. You know, the only one that I see. Uh actually making a run for Fern's money is actually Fern. I think I I think Fern could uh give her a run just because she's that's her that's her trainer, you know, like she knows what Fern's about. You know what I mean? Nobody else does. So I think that she could she could actually give her a run for her money. I'm not saying she could beat her, but I I don't yeah. think it's a run for her money. Fern hasn't seen Fern like at full capacity. And that is a very different level of mana between those two i mean like freeran has the mana of like every mage there times three so like i don't i don't think fern can even do shit against freeran i think freeran is just like she's basically an isekai main character she's just way too fucking overpowered <laughs> yeah and, and, it, and it comes the comes back to the old thing it's like i've taught you everything that you know but not everything that i know yeah and uh the funny thing is is uh later on fern actually uh tells uh, the chick that she's gonna be fighting against that, uh, Freeran told her that uh, like these old basic demon spells that uh, she uses and that she only knows is good enough to defeat any mage that's alive right now. So Freeran don't think very uh, highly of the alive mages right now. So yeah, no, it's a whole different <laughs> level of fucking disrespect. She's like, yeah. yeah, you don't need any fancy magic. Zol track will get it done. <laughs> <laughs> I got this old it's an oldie but it's a goodie it's got you um, I want to see Ubel fight Ubel I think is going to be fun to watch because she's just going to be so cold with it she's going to murder a few people she's got to dude she's got to but she does she's for your adults. viewing pleasure until she comes oh I think she's going to fight Freeran at some point during this whole test and just get fucking so. bodied I think so I don't know why. Why would she? Why would she fight them though? They both got birds, right? Oh, I don't There's mean no during reason. this portion. There's oh. multiple levels to this test. Oh, true, true. Okay, I got. What she's you're cocky. She's cocky. She she's gonna she's gonna find out. She's gonna fuck around and she's gonna find out. I guarantee yeah. it. Uh, Ubu seems like the person that wants to fight the strongest person in the room, and uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, who's in the room this time? Big time. Yes, sir. Uh, she actually does. Uh, I, uh, from what I can tell, she's she's fighting the strongest uh, and most experienced uh, mage there besides Freeran, I guess, apparently. That's, based yeah, on that's what, um, I don't even know her name, whoever's fighting Fern uh, says. so. Yeah, I did think that was interesting that she said she was the most powerful, but then the mage she was fighting, I can't remember the name, was talking about Werebell who is the commander of one of the northern armies that fought the remnants of the demon king. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, I might be a better mage, 
but that man has a lot of battle experience and he's, he's underhanded. Killer. He's underhanded yes. too. She literally says like, he doesn't he's care do what he's got to do to yeah. get, get your ass in the ground. And I want to see him fight Fern too. Yeah. It was well, good though. Yeah. That Ubel, Ubel is the same way though. So that's a good matchup. You know, she, she just does whatever it takes, no matter what to kill the other person. And so that's a very good matchup. And they kind of remind me of Freeran because Freeran does shit uh, against demons, uh, like unfair shit. So, like, yeah, they're um, all about that that yeah. type of action. Yeah. Um, so that girl that Fern was fighting also kind of like said that something felt wrong about the battle. And I feel like people say that in fights before they get chopped. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm getting those vibes from Fern. You know what I'm saying? Well, we saw Fern was kind of a badass when she was fighting the second in command of Aura. Oh, I know she's got it in her, but I don't know if she'll like go out of her way to like kill somebody in this. Situation. I don't I don't think she would kill him. I think she would just like get her down, beat up and just point the staff at her face like we done here. Little bitch. Yeah. Little bitch. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited to see where this this fight with Fern goes. Um, and we definitely got to see verbal. Uh, chop it up with somebody from our main party since he's so underhanded and ruthless but boys that's all i got for freerin you guys ready to get it cracking with some mashal let's get into it so next we're gonna talk about mashal season two episode three rain aims and god's gift so while mash is at home with his dad and friends marguerite Macaron is looking to ruin the party and put Mash out of commission. However, Rain Ames shows up and stands in his way, and we get to see the beginnings of the Divine Visionary Entrance exam. His arc, his arc is heating up. It is, quickly. Yeah. So the show starts with giving us a little background on what a prefect is and who they are for each dorm. Uh, basically, the prefects are students with the potential to rival a divine visionary. And did you guys realize that while Rain was a divine visionary, he was also the prefect of the Alder Dorm? Because I didn't realize that. I mean, I kind of noticed he had the logo on his back mm -hmm. in the last season. But like, how do you go like how can you be a prefect and a divine visionary like i thought it was i thought it'd be like the next guy steps up when you get that title you know yeah i, I didn't realize that but I, I want to tell you a secret dan i i misspelled perfect no i thought it was prefect no it's, it's perfect is it i'm pretty sure it's perfect yeah I, it was, I think so i thought it was prefect it's it's perfect i just um it's a little typo for you my boy but yeah, I did not realize that the divine you could I didn't even realize you could be a divine visionary and a student. So um, I, I no, saw him in the school bad. uniform, but I figured um he was like an ad administrator or something. I don't know. Did and not realize prefect. he was an adler. Is it is it's prefect? Okay. Yeah, it's prefect, not perfect. Your okay. your, your typo was correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh, I think I think I know how this happened, and um, this will get into something that happens later on in the episode too. But um, we we learned that Rain is actually a the youngest triple liner in uh, history or whatever. So that makes me believe that 
um, he was able to become divine visionary as a younger student at Easton Academy, which means that he became a divine visionary. Plus he got to finish his schooling. No, he's still in school. Uh, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's yeah. getting to finish his schooling while being a divine visionary because he was the youngest, uh, triple liner is what I'm saying. Well, that's I mean, my theory. You don't have to be a triple liner to become the divine visionary. He was just somebody whose magical aptitude was so high. He was able to, you know, make it through the divine visionary candidate exam and pass and be become the divine visionary. I think, is he a second or third year? I can't remember. I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I knew that. I was just saying that because he was a triple liner, it made it where he was able to, you know, do the all the right. tests and shit. So regardless of his actual knowledge, bros instead of being busted. like an older, experienced guy, he was able to power through it because he was so much stronger. You know, yeah, and he's a younger a third, kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So he's a senior, basically, in Japan. So I thought they went to Hogwarts for like seven years. They're they're throwing a loop in the <laughs> Harry Potter shit here. <laughs> <laughs> But after that, we kind of get into a little little fight between Marguerite and Rain. And before that, we see Marguerite show off his power and he summons a piano out of thin air and starts playing some music. And there's like music notes going all over in this. So we know his I mean, it's kind of obvious, too. If you look at him, he's got music notes for his lines. I kind of figured he has some sort of sound magic. Hell yeah. But man can lay down a fucking lick on a piano. He <laughs> was, was killing it. No, he really was. And he was just playing for fun. I thought he was about to start boxing. He's like, nah, let me just get this riff all real, real, real quick. It's, it's just intro music, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and he also says something really interesting that he doesn't care about being a divine visionary. He just wants to become stronger. He doesn't care about titles. And I kind of like that about his character. I mean, he's kind of a tool. But like, I, I like the I don't need a title to know that I'm strong. You know, like, I like that, that mindset. Yeah, he said, fuck the system. I'm just trying to box. <laughs> I always enjoy those type of characters, actually. They're just there to fight and to cause havoc. And he's all about it. So during the fight, we see... A lot of sound sound moves getting used, and he's using one that he calls howling sounds, and basically this like puts a bunch of music notes around rain. And if he moves, or sorry, utters a word, they're all going to explode. So rain is supposedly unable to use magic. And little do we know at this time that rain is a true triple liner. So we see what looks like a tear come out of his eye. And then this like crazy looking third line appears on his face. And I thought this scene went fucking hard, dude. I was like, holy shit, he's going Super Saiyan right now. <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> bursting out of his skin. It was a little nuts. It was a little nuts. But yeah, I think last season we saw like some fake ass triple liners um, who had the enhanced magic output, but didn't have the, the other perk you get from being a true triple liner which i think is where like the actual power lies for this my question yeah. is though is like um why why does he hide the, the third line or is that like non um 
Like, is that not his thing? Like, it just hides itself on his own. Like, yeah. I think it's a, like a power up. He also has to like activate. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it. It almost looks like it's like attached to his emotional state. Mm. And when he becomes, I don't want to say enraged because he wasn't really enraged, but when he goes like serious mode, he can activate it. But normally, he doesn't have access to that power. That's kind of what I got from how it happened. Yeah, I was thinking like he's like he has like call upon the gods for power, and it's like all right, here you go, my boy. <laughs> do what okay. you gotta do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here you go, my boy. Says some dude as some black shadowy figure as tall as a building. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of god play this episode. Yeah, we did get a lot of god play, but I really liked the way that they like introduced this with having like two parallel scenes where we had Rain unleashing this ability. And then it casually would go back to the headmaster, kind of explaining who Rain was and why he was so badass. I liked the way they did that. Yes, yeah. and they, they because the headmaster, like he at the beginning of the fight, he's like, yeah, of course they have more magic output, but then they waited to like damn near the end of the fight to like really tell us what was going on. So it built a lot of suspense. I did enjoy that. Yeah, and what suspense it built is that Rain can call on the fucking power of God who bestowed magic upon humans and channel that within his wand. So that shit goes hard. Rain, Rain's kind of goaded right now. Yeah, <laughs> he's the strongest person we've seen. Um, there, he, His wand literally turns into a fucking god. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a little, a little busted yeah. right now. It's like a fucking, uh, what, is that a halberd? Is that the name of that weapon? Uh, Halburn. I don't know. This it's from like, Harry Potter. No, no, no. That's like medieval shit. Um, but no, it's basically just like uh, not an axe, but it's just oh, a, a big axe, like spear. Yeah, a, a halberd. Yeah, halberd. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was close. Uh, didn't didn't he say he called down Ares? Ain't that the god that they he he supposedly called down was Ares? I miss that. No way he called down the fucking god of war. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, wait, no, did That'd I be so that? tight? Okay. I, I uh, swear, I swear they said that. Uh I hope uh, he did. I really hope he did, because that'd be even more badass. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. So Ares is a summon for partisan, whatever that means. It's oh, used by Rain Ames. So he has the god of war on his side. It's a try yeah. it's a trident. It's not a help. My bad. Yeah, it is a trident. I'm looking at picture. That's, that's nuts. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's so nuts. Ares. I didn't catch that. Yeah, I did not catch that. <laughs> the god of war, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's nuts. A little bit. A little bit. You know, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> and we see him use one attack, and he literally just blows a chasm in the fucking earth, like, the size of the Grand Canyon. So, like... Our boy's kind of, kind of, kind of goaded. Like, I don't know what else to say, guys. Yeah. So, what I got from this is that the fights can get way more nuts than what we've seen. If he can call about upon the god of uh, war and, and create a chasm in the earth, I hope we get, like, some grand big battles and MASH just doing some dumb shit in the middle of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, how can MASH compete at He's going to stop it with one finger, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Ares is gonna join Mash. He's gonna go bicep muscles and just fucking put a finger <laughs> up, do some Demon Slayer shit. 
And that's also wild. Like, I wonder why they chose to use like Greek gods uh, in this. That's interesting. So you know what? We'll add God of War to the crap that Marshall's ripping off. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did uh, Greek gods because there's probably going to be multiple three liners. So it had to be like a religion with multiple gods. I don't okay. think it. I think it would be a little harder to do Hinduism. One of them's got the god of love. Maybe not harder, but like, I don't know. <laughs> I want to see Zeus, dude. Somebody's going to have a fucking lightning bolt. <laughs> That'd be dope. There's so many good ones. Uh, Athena would be awesome as well. Um. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I want to see, like I said, I just want to see how MASH can actually compete with uh, some of these people. So, Yeah, I'm curious. But so after this attack, we get a scene with Marguerite walking away with those two little henchmen on his shoulder. And he basically says, like, you guys were pretty rusty right there. Like, what the hell shape are you in right now? But he considers himself very lucky getting living after fighting a triple liner no 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 no. he was lucky he was happy to be fighting oh true yeah he was like oh i'm so lucky this guy is gonna about to whoop my ass he thought he was gonna (laughs) win but like yeah i I thought he was a little nuts for saying that i really like this character (laughs) he sees the strongest person he's ever seen he's like this this is what i'm talking about y'all fuck this divine visionary shit let's just box (laughs) i love that energy man He's a fucking weirdo, though. I mean, he is. <laughs> a little bit. He is. And, and, um, and, I mean, like our boy Rain says, he, he's a kind of an underhanded rat, you know? Like, How so, well, though? Because he's going after MASH before the exam. He's just trying to b- take him out because he got told to do that, you know? He got told to fight somebody. He doesn't care why. It's not really underhanded if he doesn't really care why he's doing it. I don't and- like it. In his in his logic, though, like a divine visionary came to him or one of the justice members, whatever the hell they are, came to him and said, hey, we need you to go take out this this kid. So why would a divine visionary be telling him this unless the kid is strong as hell? Right. Exactly. So he's thinking like, I want to fight him because he's don't have magic, but yet he's still doing all these things. Like, I want to see what's up. That's, That's the only what- reason why he went after him. Thank you, because honestly, if if whatever his name was, Orter, um, would have said, I need you to go fight, he would have been like, I'll do it. Do You don't even have to say the rest of the sentence. I'm just going to go do it. Where, where is he? That's all he would have said, so I don't mind it. And he's also seemed like a nice guy, because like, after the fight, when he's carrying his two buddies, he was like, I could have struck back at him, but I would have hurt my friends, so I had to get up out of here. I, I actually kind of like this dude. I really like him. Actually, he's a little weird, you know. But <laughs> a little. He, I, I'm, I am entertained. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Too bad he's gonna get pieced up by Mash or Rain or somebody. So no, I mean Rain ain't in the exam. And speaking of that, well, before that, after that, we get a we we skip the board game. By the way, we should talk about the board game for a little bit because that <laughs> shit was hilarious. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> let's so do it. They're playing this game. It's the game of life with a 100 sided die. And for some reason, the die like takes your magic into account or like your personality somehow. And like everything they rolled was just so much about the characters. I was cracking up like freaking um, 
what's his name? Sister Complex guy. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, Lance. Oh, um, yeah. So Lance rolls it, and it goes and says, "Your sister walks in with a boyfriend," <laughs> like something <laughs> stupid like that. And Lance is just heartbroken. Dot gets you meet a nice lady, but she's in love with somebody else. He's heartbroken. Like, and Finn just has something entirely normal. And I was like, "This is the most national thing I've ever seen in my life." My favorite <laughs> one was Lemon going to jail uh, for a hundred, two hundred and thirty turns. For being a stalker. <laughs> I thought she, she locked her, someone up. <laughs> no. <laughs> they locked her up. And then she's like, I'm the wife. Like, yeah. bro, chill out. Like, yeah, I thought she got something like uh, she imprisoned her uh, husband or something like that. I'm oh, not no. sure. I thought it was, it was her wild. going to jail for being the, the, the stalker. Yeah, I thought it was a stalker <laughs> thing. But I don't remember. But the, the whole the whole board game was just hilarious. because it, it was, was funny. It was just poking fun at the characters, and I love when anime is, like, self-aware like that. Like, we know these characters are fucking weird, and we're going to make fun of it. The funniest thing he was was Mash. Um, he, he kept on getting the uh, the game over. You got executed because you don't have no magic. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fucked. <laughs> and, like, the little game piece just head exploding. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Poor that Mash. hilarious. Mash sitting there like too, too real, too real. But at the end, we see Mash uh, going. Oh, sorry. Before that, before that again, I'm all over the place. Uh, we get a <laughs> conversation between Mash and his dad, and Mash's dad got brought up to you know caught up to speed on everything and knows that if Mash can't pass the Divine Visionary Canon exam, he's going to get killed. And he feels terrible about this. He's like, I should have, you know, kept you safe. I shouldn't have let you do all this. And Mash just comes back and says, Dad, I'm happy. If I didn't go through this, I would have never made these friends and everything else. And that was some touching shit. So it really was. I enjoyed that. Um, I'm sure he is happy. Like He does have some really good friends. They're weird. Good guys, <laughs> though. Yeah, exactly. We all got never went to like school that. before, right? So this is this is like Buko, like. You know, they're so happy that they get to live normally, so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now what I've tried to introduce three times at this point, because <laughs> I'm scatterbrained, um, we get a segue into the Divine Visionary exam, and we're introduced to the test takers. There's some pretty, pretty stacked looking, stacked looking wizards in this, so I'm excited to see how it breaks down. But we've got a few from every dorm. And Marguerite from Orca dorm is joining as a third year. So that'll be interesting because everybody else was second or first year that I saw. Yeah, I, I think you're right. So, yeah, Marguerite's think... gonna wipe the floor with some people. Oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. There's so <laughs> yes. many double liners in there too. They're gonna get clapped. I I I want more Marguerite Macaroon. Love that name by the way. To the last episode, <laughs> 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 I'm just so down with the character, dog. I'm here for it. It feels like France, you know, French. So, right? It makes sense. Yeah. Margarita Magaroon. Yes. That, that was makes, Italian I mean, accent, 100%. <laughs> uh, good effort. Thank you. Now, now we get to the damn. Uh, do y'all think this is a battle royale? I think that's what I'm calling it. I'm not sure yet. I don't know if they're going to be split into teams, if it's going to be 1v1s. Like, I don't know. But I'm excited to find out. And. I do want to get into the scene when Mash is walking into the arena and Orter, one of the Divine Visionaries, the Sand Dude, 
He has some pretty choice words for Mash about how, like, he's not going to succeed in this. He's going to get executed. And Mash gets cheered on by his muscles. <laughs> and they all have a name. And he says, like, thank you, Tom, Jerry, Felix. I don't know, whatever. And <laughs> this scene had me going, like, what the fuck goes through your head, Mash? Why? Like, you didn't have friends growing up, so you named your muscle groups? Hell yeah. <laughs> you gotta have some kind of friends, bro. Why not make friends with your muscles? All I need is Tom, left bicep, and Jerry, right bicep, baby. Let's get it. Hell yeah. It was a very <laughs> interesting scene. I didn't know how to feel about it. It was a little weird. <laughs> I was then, laughing. Dude, it was funny. But then after that, Mash walks out. And at this point, you know, everybody knows he doesn't have magic. And the crowd is getting after him, man. They're cheering, go home, go home, go home. And that kind of hurt, man. Like, fuck these kids. Yeah, yes. exactly. Fuck them. I'm excited to watch MASH prove them all wrong. Yeah, I mean, he's got the most coins, right? So. Yeah, he had, what, seven? Yeah, seven. Uh, everybody else has got five or under, I think. Right? So. Except I think the only... for uh, Marguerite. Marguerite had like nine or 11. Okay. Did he really? Okay. I've been collecting them for a while, right? That and he's probably bullying other people. Love that. <laughs> well, you love that. I do. I do. <laughs> and we learn what the first test is going to be called, and it's going to be called Datervin's Haunt, and it's explained to the contestants. Basically, they're having to look for a hidden key while running away from Datervants who are trying to kill them. These things look pretty menacing, so I'm excited for the next episode. Yes, they got to find that key inside of that fish bladder, like the swim bladder of a fish, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. Was that that's kind of gnarly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally magic. yeah, so is, is Mash just going to like tear up a bunch of fish? fish? Bro, <laughs> I don't want to even talk about swim bladders. I had a goldfish as a kid, and I got swim bladder disease, so it couldn't regulate where it was in the water. So basically, that's a it's a pouch that they fill with water and air to regulate their height in an aquatic environment. And homie, homie just couldn't go down. And I tried to save him by feeding him peas and shit, and it was tragic. It hurt. It hurt to hear mm. the word slim butter. I haven't thought of that that in a long time. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, I'm like sorry, a, bro. It was like R. a seven-year-old goldfish I had. Like, I raised that thing. I'm, I'm really sorry. Yeah, we're Thank sorry, you. Dan. We're here Thank for you. you. Truly. I, I, I can't come back from it, dude. <laughs> Are we um, bad friends because we're laughing? Yes. <laughs> um. Next episode. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Before we get to the next episode, this is the third episode without a door joke. I just want to let that be known. I think the door jokes are a thing of the past. I'm, I'm I mean, sad. if I was the author, I would get tired of putting in door jokes after a while. They do the cream <sighs> puffs, cream bro. Puffs, yeah. And they had the perfect opportunity this episode. He left the door ajar. All he had to do was shut it and break it. Or just it pull up the hinges and run away with it. Thank you. Something, bro. <laughs> he always messes up that door. <laughs> well, uh, well, Tyler, uh, want to get us into One Piece? Yeah. So uh, now we get into One Piece. 1091. Dreaming with the future and adventure on the island of science. And so we find out there's more than one Vegapunk in this episode. Also, some of the straw hats make it on to Egghead Island, so we finally get to see the island of science. So, this episode starts off with Frankie being super excited 
talking about how he wanted to meet Vegapunk all this time, that he spent two years in Vegapunk's old lab. And uh, then they kind of break off and say that Vegapunk, the the Vegapunk that we've seen in the last episode uh, with the pink bodysuit on, says that she's not the Stella, that she's Punk-02, Vegapunk, evil Lilith. Um, so... My question is like, what do you think she meant by this? And like, this kind of makes sense why she wanted to rob people because her name literally has evil in it. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I knew something was up because I think Vegapunk had been described as a man before in the yeah. past. Um, also, the fact that um, the world's greatest scientist and mind was out there just robbing people on the sea just didn't. <laughs> It's. It, I said it last episode. It, it felt fishy to me, so I thought she would may, might might have been lying or impersonating. Turns out, I think she's just a creation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's. Uh. It's definitely. Uh. Interesting. Um. So, but at least we know that she's not Vegapunk now. So, and we yes. kind of know her motives about like trying to rob them. So, or maybe um, it's Hive Mind Vegapunk. Possibly, mm. maybe. Mm. 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 No comment. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we, uh, we also, during this scene, we also get to find out that they have a lot more Sea Beast weapons. Uh, I, do we think that, you know, the ship and Frankie and all them is in danger at this point still? What do we is, think? Is, is Zoro on the ship? Is Zoro yeah. is on the ship. Then nobody's in danger, <laughs> bro. Like we've, we've seen Zoro take down like Kaido's number two. We saw him cut a fucking rock mountain man the size of a fucking monolith in half. Like <laughs> a fucking sea cow ain't nothing. Yes, and it was funny, like how um, I don't know if it was Shaka or whatever person was like, like at the control station was like, um, "You're in trouble." Yeah. He's like, uh, that, that green-haired one? Is, is the swordsman there? Yes. Just do what he says. Just do what he <laughs> says. Yeah, that He's was, that, that guy. Was literally, yeah. my favorite scene of this episode was that scene where Shaka was uh, telling Lilith, like, you know, you see how calm they are? Yeah. Well, that means they, they think that they can kill you. <laughs> I, I <laughs> At just, any time. I just loved it how he was also like, and you see that one in the back? That's that's the demon child Robin. Demon <laughs> is in the name, homie. Like, check yourself. <laughs> She's also pressure. Um, I just loved how Lilith was like, holy shit. She didn't say that, but like the loud ones were a distraction to make me feel at ease. And I'm like, no, no that, they were just excited to see a giant fucking robot. Like, come on. <laughs> You're not a threat. <laughs> that's why. They're just chilling. You pulled up with 13 sea beast and they didn't even blink at them. They don't care. <laughs> and this is where we get introduced to punk zero one Shaka, which is the, the robot looking guy um, on the phone with Lilith. And apparently his name is good. Um, they got that in like quotation. I mean, uh, parentheses or whatever. So, like at this point, we we've been introduced to Punk One and Punk Two, Lilith the Evil and Shaka the Good. So, like I guess this is for you, Bass. Like, who who do you think they are, and like what do you what do we think is going on at this time? Okay, here's here is my my theory. 
So Vegapunk, world's world's best mind, but he only has two hands, right? Two hands, mm. one body. Interesting. Why not create? If he's really that guy, why not create things that can help you? Minions, but minions you can probably control in some way. So that's what I think these people are. Um, in some way, I don't know what level of control or like full sentience they have, but they seem to like be pretty independent. So I don't know. Maybe different parts of his personality. Goods in Shaka, evils in Lilith, and then violence is in Atlas. Something like that. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good guess. Uh, I guess we'll get to see later on. So That's, that's, that's a pretty good guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I don't know shit. <laughs> I thought it was pretty obvious at this point. Um, it is. Okay. Okay. Well, we're we're not confirming or denying at this point because you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. So, uh, but going back to uh, Bonnie and Luffy and uh, Jinbei and Chopper over there, uh, Bonnie says that she's been at this lab before and that she has a question for Vegapunk. And if he doesn't answer correctly, she's going to kill him. And I kind of thought this was an important statement because. For one thing, why was Bonnie at this lab as a kid is what I'm thinking right now. Um, I honestly don't really know this question, even from reading the manga, I don't think. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, why do we think that she was there? Uh, I, I guess all the questions are directed towards me because I haven't read the manga. Uh, <laughs> so, they, they, she said that her dad had been altered and made into a cyborg by Vegapunk. So she was there with her dad, who I, we saw, um, what's his name right now? Uh, Kuma. Kuma, yes. I was going to say Puma. Kuma um, <laughs> <laughs> was at the lab. So she was probably there with him in some way. How else would she know about that? You know? You think yeah. they was living there, kind of? No, probably, maybe just a visit. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, she was there with, with Kuma, I would assume. I just want to say Oda has been fucking foreshadowing that since Sabayoti. And Hasn't. that's when we met Kuma. Actually, yes. no, we met Kuma. Kuma yeah, and Thriller Bark. Was the first time. Bark. Yeah. Or Thriller Bark was the first time. Yeah, Thriller Bark was the first time. Yeah, but Zoro. At, Zoro. At that point, he could still talk and stuff. Yes. And then we meet him again at Sabayoti, and he is a mindless fucking cyborg. And. So sometime in between there, he completed everything and made him into a cyborg. And Oda's been fucking cooking. That's all I'm gonna say. Yes, yes. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I kind of when we saw Kuma with the Revolutionary Ar- Army a few episodes ago, um, I thought he had just been beaten down so much, um, by the Celestial Dragons. But yeah, it makes a little bit more sense that he was acting so robotic because. He's a little too cyborg. Yeah, I, I think I think he was beaten down a little a little bit too as well. But yeah, it, he's definitely uh, become more robotic or whatever since. But even as a robot, like the the celestial dragon treats everybody like shit. You know what I mean? So yeah, we saw him when he had like twelve swords in his back. That was pretty yeah. pretty terrible. Uh. So, I mean, uh, then we move on to, like, the... Uh, they actually find Egghead Island. Uh, 
Bonnie and Luffy and them actually stumble upon it. And so now I guess like what's everybody's thoughts on the first look at Egghead Island? This shit's fucking awesome. Tight as fuck. <laughs> we got we got like lots of like tall structures. Like domes on some of them, fish in the sky. I, I want to say like Laboon, but I'm pretty sure it's not Laboon. It's just <laughs> no, like a Laboon. Well. <laughs> Laboon bigger, Laboon better. Uh, we got like a big four eyed dragon, huge mechas fighting. Um, one thing I really thought was funny is every time I look at the ground, I'm like, that's like a golf course in like a video game, bro. Like we're playing PGA Yo, now for real. It had yeah. it had the putting green lines on it. Yeah, <laughs> <Ease them. laughs> but yeah, uh, I, th- I yeah, thought it was it, really cool. Um, the, the the holograms were fucking tight, dude. If I could live in a world where like I was constantly driving down the road and I would just like if I knew they were holograms and I saw a giant hologram dragon fighting a fucking giant hologram robot, I'd be so <laughs> fucking in. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Yes, yes. And imagine if like you was able to like bond him kinda, kinda like uh what's her name did? Um Atlas did, you know, with the, the girl or whatever. So you just make them fight. Your own little personal fight, you know, anytime. So um but yeah, the, we we see that they also have holograms there because Luffy wants to ride on the dragon. And he gets swallowed by it, but then he doesn't get swallowed by it because it's actually a hologram. They see food. It is a hologram as well, and they try to eat it. They get It's like a three to four minute scene where Ralph. there's Bonnie, Chopper, and Luffy's Fuck just like scene. trying to eat this. Uh, Fuck this scene, dude. <laughs> this was scene was bad? one panel. Okay. It was one panel, and they did it <laughs> twice. Okay, I was I was a little disappointed the second time. It became obvious what they were doing the second time, but the first time was fine. Is this the new reaction shot? We just see them do replay a fucking scene. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was it was a little much. Uh, I enjoyed it though overall. I did not know it was one panel until I got on Twitter and saw people like Dan here bitching. Um, <laughs> wow, I didn't, I didn't mind it once, but yes. when they did it a second time, I was like. Come on, guys. Yeah, it was unnecessary the second time for sure. Yeah, it was literally a solid two to three minutes of them trying to eat this giant parfait, bro. Like, what? <laughs> I will say it's better than J- looking at Jim Bay's still face with his mouth open. <laughs> yeah, I just looked down at my phone and checked Twitter for the second two minutes of them doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after this, after the scene with the parfait uh, that took forever, um, then a giant girl shows up uh, and she tells them that this is basically like a winter island transformed into a tropical island with uh, her invention of the AC. Um, not sure what that is. I'm not sure how you transfer a transform a winter island into a tropical island with AC, but, you know, maybe she it's just like a one all in one unit or something. I don't know. Well, so she said that it's not like she's controlling the air. She said that she is actually controlling the temperature of the soil. So radiating heat in that sense. But that still doesn't scream air conditioning to me. Yeah, Unless AC means something else. uh, I'm not sure. I Uh, mean, the the ground's just a radiator. It's heating, not technically AC. But, yeah. Maybe. 
Uh, but we learned that she is actually Punk Zero Five, and uh, that her name is Atlas, and she is a violence. Um, so this this makes me want to ask, like, how many of them do we think there actually is? We we know there's at least three now. Uh, one, two, and well, five. So we know there's at least five. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go seven. I'm gonna get three and four. I'm gonna go seven. Seven. Okay. Okay. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not good at uh, remembering uh, numbers. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go seven. I'm just feeling like some sadly dev, uh, seven deadly sins type beat. Mm, yeah. Okay. Okay. I was. Uh, I don't remember a seven deadly sin called evil, good, and violence. But no, I like. Just, I like. I'm, I like I'm the, thinking the theme. Yeah, the theme. I like the theme. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good guess, you know. Um, I'm not sure if he's correct or not, but that's a, that's a really good guess. So yeah, Oda likes uh, mythology. Yeah, that's why I fuck uh, with Oda like that. <laughs> the uh, he, <laughs> the whole time this next thing was happening, uh, they so Luffy thinks that Atlas is actually a hologram, so he goes to hit her, and she takes that hit, and then she decides to hit him back, and she knocks the shit out of him into a vending machine. That uh that makes food basically. So I'm just sitting here thinking, damn, do we got Boxo in this shit? <laughs> Good guy. Pretty much. I I do want to highlight a scene that we didn't touch on that I thought was hilarious. When Luffy got mad, he went like false gear five with red hair and he was fuming. I was cracking up at that shit. It was the eighth gate, clearly. <laughs> the eighth gate. It reminded me of like false Super Saiyan back like Kaioken. No, not Kaioken. There's a movie where he goes like false Super Saiyan. He just like starts to transform, but his hair doesn't change colors. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't weird. seen that movie. I haven't seen many of the DBZ movies. DBZ movies aren't canon. They don't matter. Yeah, they're 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 definitely not canon. Like the uh, the oh the one fuck I watch, off. So. Fuck off. <laughs> Whatever the hell I watch, that was canon, bro. I just want to say, uh, well, if you guys live under a rock, Pal World dropped this week, and you could catch Chiaotzu in a Pal Sphere. Modded? <laughs> or... No, you can catch people in that game. Yes. Oh. And and to go a step further, you can liquefy the people and make one one of the person stronger. Mega for your benefit. people. Yes. Some Gerba 66 shit, dude. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> that, that game looks so interesting. I, I think I'm I think I might have to get it sometime. So it's so addicting. You definitely should. It's addicting as hell. I played you, 16 hours this weekend. I'm yeah. at eight or nine, but 16 sounds nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I was also like fun. I was putting eggs in the incubators and just like fucking sitting in my house and walking away and doing shit. So fuck yeah. No, yeah. the game is so much fun, and I don't blame you. Hell yeah, um, but yeah, I, that's that's about it for uh, One Piece. You know, we we seen Boxo come at the end. Apparently, he can prepare five hundred different foods within a minute. And I'm just th- sitting here thinking, damn, I really need this for real. <laughs> I need this in my life. It would make my life so much better. Does that shit look good? So. Hell yeah. Some fresh ass food whenever you want. Be dangerous. I love how Atlas just got pissed off again that she couldn't like manufacture it because they don't have enough funding to hire people to make it wide or wide stream or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, funding funding is never available. So Dude, That's they're the, all the, pissed about funding. <laughs> <laughs> all the scientists, even in the real world. Yeah. They never have enough money. So I I can see that. Well, awesome. Oh. Cool. Well, we hope you guys <laughs> enjoyed this weekly rundown, episode 51. Next weekly rundown, 52. The big one year, the DJ's coming next week. I'm fucking hyped. Hey, yeah, we've been here for a minute, man. This is awesome. And uh, what do we got coming up on Thursday? Uh, it's the um, villain thing. Oh, villains we agree with and thought were right. So this yeah. is going to get pretty deep pretty quick. The yeah. Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Order 66. <laughs> <laughs> but awesome uh, once again I'm going to shamelessly plug our discord linktree.com slash anime ggens check it out J- check out our socials come hang out with us and we'll catch you on Thursday for the bullshit hour peace Later. bye